Hey, and welcome to Property Mastermind Podcast with Hilary Saxton, episode 30. Wow, this is coming out on the 23rd of December, so if you're listening to it when it comes out, well done you for prioritising your property development journey. Today we're going to be talking about how to invest in a property development. Some nuggets of gold, another episode with the amazing Bob Anderson, so stay tuned, jump on into episode 30. And welcome, Bob. Thank you. Again. Great to be back. At how to invest in a property development. Yeah. Before we start giving away the old secrets of property millionaires exposed, this week going out to Jovan Svenden. Svenden, I don't know if I said that right. Sorry, Juan. I know it's Juan. Juan over in Western Australia. Congratulations for the call we had this week, and you'll be receiving this in the mail a uh, plethora of uh, property strategies for you to read through. Bob's chapter here is obviously on why he believes property development is the pinnacle of all strategies, the way to get the richest fastest, but you can make your own mind up after you read the whole thing. So that is in the post to you actually tomorrow. Okay, Bob. Yes. How (laughs) to invest in a property development. Yeah. So we're talking about an investor. Yes coming in from the outside and investing in somebody else's property development. So if you're listening to this and you've got some money and you'd like to get into a property development, this could be you. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. How to invest in someone else's property development. Mm. So I suppose the obvious question is why would you? Why would you want to? Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I know the answer to this. Yes, Hillary. <laughs> um, because you can make a lot of money. You can. And maybe you don't quite have enough money to do a whole project on your own. Yeah, that could be a reason. Or you, depending on how it's structured, it, it could be easier for you to be a, if they call money partner, MP. Anyway, I should stop. Yeah. I'm, I'm giving out all of those answers. reasons are good. And there's still more. And you might be just too busy. Yes. You might just have a career uh, and you're very busy. You make good money, got assets, got some cash, want to make more, want to make it better and faster. Mm. Uh, but you don't ever want to become a property developer. Oh. It's not a desire. Yes. Just want to do what you're doing, you know, being a school teacher or a dentist or whatever it is. Or you've all got, got a lot of credit in your house. And there's yeah. at the moment with interest rates being like they are, mm. draw out a line of credit and make better money. Absolutely, yeah. You can drag some equity out of your house, make it work for you. Mm. Yeah, lots of reasons why you would want to do it. I mean, ultimately, it's to make money, yes. you know, to make your money work harder. Uh, not, you talk about money working harder. How lazy is money sitting in a bank at the moment? Oh, ridiculous. It's asleep, Bob. <laughs> it is so lazy that it's asleep. It's in a coma. Oh, my gosh. You're so right. It's not just asleep. Yes. You know, um, I think I saw a product the other week. Uh, that, and no offence to the Commonwealth Bank. Uh, but it was 0.35 of 1% uh, fixed for 12 months and minimum $5,000 deposit. So 0.35. And then... Once you got your 0.35 interest, you got to pay tax on it because it's income. And then what's inflation? How much value has it lost in a year? And are you actually going ahead? What do I, you think? I'm thinking it, you wouldn't be, would I you? I think you're you probably added, going backwards. You would have added that up. I suppose your money's reasonably safe, you know, in an Australian bank at least. Uh, but, like, the price of being really safe is probably going backwards. 
Mm. Not a place to to plant your money, not for long anyway. So, you know, assuming you've got money, why not look for for somewhere good to place it? Mm. Somewhere it's going to work hard for you. And uh, instead of going to sleep in a coma at the the local bank. So, uh, yeah, that's what it's about. But like everything, it's an investment. You have to understand it. Uh, And you have to be a bit selective about uh, where you invest. But look, property development is a good place to invest uh, if if everything's done properly. Mm. And uh, you get really good returns. I mean, that's the point of it, is to get a far better return than you would sitting in the bank. And you do. And you do. You absolutely do. So how, Paul? Well. How would you? There's a couple of. The easy way for people to find out. I suppose to keep it simple. Uh, to me, I've, I've got what I call two different models or two different ways mm-hmm. uh, that people can invest. In fact, I, uh, you're well aware that. I know. I'm just asking questions because I, we, I want I, other people to know the yeah, answer. Yeah, but we put out that ebook recently. Yes. Um, developer strategies. I should know. Well, put this. We'll put that in the um, show notes so you can download that and have a good read. It's it's a really yeah. it's, it's, it's a great. It's read. looking at investing mm. in property developments from the investor's perspective. But as I say in there, keeping it simple, there's sort of two models that you can use uh, as an investor when you're investing mm. in a property development. And one of them is the old favourite, what we call a joint venture with a money partner. We often call things joint ventures, even if they're not technically. Because, the, you know, the word joint venture means jointly together in a venture, a venture meaning a money-making enterprise, in this case a property development. So you can sort of loosely use the term joint venture. And for the acronym freaks, it's a JV. It's a JV. Yeah, so if you hear the term JV, joint venture. And that's one model. The other model that I talk about is what we call a loan partner. So you can be an equity partner. Or a loan partner. Sometimes people refer to that as a money partner as well. Money partner, so, often referred to, yeah. And often that's called, like people will say it's an MP, looking for an MP. Looking for an MP, not MP. a member of parliament. No, it's a money partner. Although your MP could be an MP. Absolutely. If you knew, you if, could, if you yeah. knew your member of parliament well enough. Or a JV. They could be a money oh, partner. In a, an MP could be an MP in a JV. Okay. We've All got, right, enough of that. Okay, way too much. <laughs> So the two different models, I'll explain that a little. Joint venture with a money partner or an equity partner. What we mean there, if you think about finance, simply development finance, as a developer, we have to put some money into the deal first and then the bank lends us the rest. That's, that's what it is simply. And the bank lends most of it, but it will only lend us money after we've put our money in and used it up, that first chunk of money. And quite often, that's what we want the investor for, is to supply that first chunk of money, which we often call equity. And so an equity partner supplies that money, supplies that capital. And that goes in as equity. Now, quite often, uh, it's a form of joint venture like we talked about. Uh, They may be on the title with the developer. So you've got two parties, if you like. You've got the developer and you've got the investor. And the investor is coming up with the equity to put into the deal and the bank will put the rest in. So uh, quite happily, the developer might not have to put any money in. They've got to put in the smarts, but not necessarily the money. And so this... And generally that means they've had a bit of experience and they know what they're doing. And I would sure hope so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if they're going to attract an investor... Uh, they'll need... Attract, not entrap. Not entrap. <laughs> attract an attract. investor. They want a good story. Mm. Um and so 
this equity partner situation, quite often they might both be on the title of the property, particularly if, if the equity partner comes in early, or perhaps uh, the developer's already lined up some investors, and when the developer finds a site, the equity partner might come in at that point, in which case they'll probably both be on the title. Mm. It doesn't absolutely have to be that way, but they probably are. And that's also another reason sometimes people might need a money partner or a joint venture partner is because they they don't have the, the facility to be on a title. You know, they're, they're strung out a bit. Yeah, they've got enough going on. Yeah, financially strung a bit. Yeah. They just I don't, don't have that. the, you know, that equity. They don't have that treasure chest, that chunk mm. of capital. Or even that sort of security and like yeah, maybe serviceability, that, like serviceability all that issue. other stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it all adds up. You've got to tick a few boxes to get money out of the bank. Yes. And if you can't tick all of them. You've got to uh, take a few boxes and jump through a few yeah. hoops, Bob, sometimes. Hoop jumping. Yes. They love to hoop jump you. And so they might be on the title and, and quite possibly uh, both of these parties would be on the loan mm. from the bank. And so they're in their boots and all. This is what I say. Mm. You know, if they're on the title, they're on the loan, they're in their boots and all and their reward is usually by way of profit share. So the developer and the equity partner Because they're on the title, it becomes profit share. Yeah, and typically because it's equity, uh, equity is usually rewarded by profit share. And and that's what it is. I I say they're in boots and all, probably on the title, probably on the loan more likely, and and their reward is a profit share. Whatever you agree to, Mm. you know, it doesn't have to be 50%, it's whatever you agree to. And that's what I call the equity partner. The other one we call a loan partner. It's a bit different. They fulfil the same role in that they supply equity to the developer, but they're not in their boots and all. And they're not on the loan and they're not uh, on the title. They're just sort of – it's more of a contractual thing. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It's a loan contract Mm. and some form of security. Yeah. So – that suits some people to do it that way. So they're external. So they're not on the development loan. They mightn't want to be. They just want to lend money to the developer by way of a loan. And because that's what we call debt as opposed to equity, uh, their reward is an interest rate return mm. that's appropriate to, to the circumstances. Mm. And so that's what they'll get. They'll get an interest rate return on their capital. And that's what we call a loan partner. Yeah, they're the two models. Yeah. And remember, all of these can, can be done in, in many ways because mm. there's, a, there's a lot of variables in there. Uh, but I've just sort of stated how I see two different models. Ironically, I had a call on Friday, Bob, from somebody who had the, uh, was just asking about you know, what we had, do we have anything going on? Do we have any... Well, you uh, get calls like that all the time. I do, because we have mentoring students and they know that our mentoring students, uh, we're going to have a limited number. Bob's overseeing the project. We're working with them really hands-on. So people are interested in being money partners for mm. or, and joint venture partners for these people because it's, a you know, a higher level of, of security or safety. Yeah. And anyway, he said to me, so... So what what could you do? What sort of deal would it be? And, and I'm like, well, I said that's pretty much like asking someone to describe their wife. Like it just could be anything. You know, I had to guess what your wife looked like. You know, it it could be absolutely anything. There are so many variables when it mm. comes to. I mean, there's some standard things that come in there, like you know, current what people are currently the interest rate you're currently getting, you know, that, that people are offering. But that's also variable on, you know, 
no, the securities and yeah. you know which experience. states have what. And yeah, experience. There's so much. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But if we stick with those two models, mm. then another well, and talking about variables, I guess is like when would an investor come into a project? We just talked before about an equity partner being in their boots and all, and and they may well come in uh, at the beginning. Mm. You know, they'll be on the loan, they'll be on the title. More often than not, they'll be on those two things. But then, uh, some and the same with a loan partner might come in at that point, or a loan partner might come in at mm. a later point. And I know you've you're involved in. I don't know if we were going to bring that. Uh, yeah, I've actually done both. I've done at the beginning and at the end of yeah. Loan Partner. Yeah, re- yeah. very re- still in one and very recently for the other. Yeah, so, so the one you were in and out of a little while ago, it wasn't for a long period of time, mm. but that was like more towards the end of the project where you came in as a loan partner. Yeah, and that was just somebody, instead of refinancing, going back to the finance company, which is jumping through hoops and a lot of hoo-ha, it was just easier for them to come to me and I just offered some short-term because it was the end of their project, they just needed to sell a few off, and it just—it was almost just like yeah, holding sort of it over. Yeah. Exhausted their loan, yeah, and they were short by you know a chunk of money. I think it was uh, the last one or two payments they had to make to the builder. Mm. Then there was a little bit of time, wasn't there, to to actually sell them and settle. Ironically, they just rang us and said, "Do you know of anybody?" And I was like, "No, oh, probably I could probably do that." <laughs> <laughs> well, for you, I mean, that's that's pretty safe sort of a pr- thing at the end. Yes, I, I know you took you took a registered second mortgage as security. Yep, because uh, they're already first mortgagee in the main bank. Mm. But we knew the deal pretty well. Well, you knew the deal. You knew the borrower, mm. and it was at the end of the project. Yeah. See, so like, most of the risk gone. I mean, it had approvals. It was pretty much built, mm. 90% built. And so your funds guaranteed that it would completely be built, and mm. then it was down to sales. And I think you you uh, went and met the, the sales people as well, got some comfort there that sales were going to go well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's probably that, something that people yeah. don't always do as well. Just I did. I actually spoke to the agent uh, that was selling. Just yeah, I was just ticked a few boxes. Yeah, security wise. Yeah, because you know, it's a, it's a lot of money to be loaning people. Well, is, You've got to is. think about things seriously. And trust me, we get enough phone calls from people where things went bad. So yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah so we knew there. And then the other one, the other where I'm a loan partner is at the beginning of a project right now where somebody has. Bought a chunk of land. They are um, cutting it up into bits. They're doing a reno on the front. They're going to sell oh. that off, and then I will be paid out. So I'm only in the front, and they will yeah. do the rest themselves. Yeah, that's a good one. And that's first mortgage security on that. Well, one. that's what I liked about it. Yeah, that was. Like, <laughs> you can't beat first mortgage. Um, you that do. means it's for people that don't understand. I don't. Does everyone understand what that means? First mortgage. Well, security? Do they even know what it means? Most people. Well, I don't know. Hopefully. Okay. It's the strongest form of mortgage you're going to get. Mm. If you borrow money from the bank and buy a house, they got first mortgage on it. Mm. So it's it's as good as strong a position as you get mm. from a lending point of view. And you've got a first mortgage on that, haven't you? Yes. And then when the house is renovated, I think, and sold, mm. you get your money back. So yep. you exit it. And there's somebody else in there with a second mortgage behind you, whereas they come then up. And they up become to the, the first mortgage, mortgage yeah. and they finance. I think there's some townhouses being developed in the back yeah. or something. So. That's and, another and, good one of yours. It is, but at the end of the day, the the person I know the person as well, um, and there's a level of trust and ease and you know comfort and you know yeah. we know the deal as well. So yeah, it's kind you, of you good. understand the deal, you yeah. know the person, and it's first mortgage. Yes, 
Yes, yeah. all of that. And I think when I spoke to that guy on Friday, he said, oh, I don't want the money to be in too long. Does, does that sort of thing come up? Because he, he needs it in about six months' time. And mm. I said, absolutely it does, because that, that's actually two examples that... that Short-term, yeah, yeah sometimes just short-term, short yeah, yeah. three to six months sometimes. Mm. But if you're in there for a whole project, mm. obviously it's going to go longer than that. Mm. Uh, in fact, here we go again. I think you're in another one, aren't you, over in Western Australia? Where you've come in at the beginning of the project. Mm. That's so kind of more of a... Div- uh, like a joint venture, joint venture in a way. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, timing. You know, when you come into it, mm. you could come in at the beginning. Uh, you might come in after, let's say, the developer's got the the development permits. See, so a, a developer might have enough funds and enough serviceability to buy a site and get a development permit. But they don't have enough extra money now to borrow more for the construction mm. finance and, and that's when they might need an investor at that point. Mm. So an investor coming in at that point is more likely going to be a loan partner mm. because it's not for a long period of time and all they really need is some extra equity and uh, it has been de-risked, you know, to a, to a degree. At least it's uh, the land's been purchased. It's got a development permit, you mm. know, uh, heading in the right direction. Could be ha- that. Have you, like, as far as what's the percentage of... Y- your mini developments that you've used, uh, JV partners and money partners, or is that even too hard a question to answer? Because this, wow, this, this is this is a question more. Have you had to guess what someone's wife looked like? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, more equity partners than than loan partners, but I certainly use loan partners. Um, but yeah, often it's been joint ventures and equity. Like I've done some big ones as well. For mm. you know, when I used to work for some of the big development companies, uh, no done quite a lot of my own but more, more often an equity partner probably mm. from from the beginning mm-hmm. and then i've used all sorts of other models which we won't go into things like capital raising and uh syndicates and all those other mm. other sorts of models as well yeah so timing so we've got a couple of basic models we got uh, you can come into a project at different times for different reasons mm-hmm. i guess uh you know you could ask the question well it sounds good I can see how it can make lots of money, but, you know, the the old question, is it for me? That's what the investor's going to say. Mm. And I can honestly say it's not for everybody. Why would that be, Bob? I think it's a no-brainer if you've you've got... For you and I, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. But, but like, different people have different risk profiles. Mm. I mean, there's people that even get nervous having money in a bank, seriously. Who? Oh, well, you know. Well, where would they put it if they couldn't put it in the back? Well, in a jam tin in the backyard, under the mattress, I oh, know, in the freezer, wherever they, wherever people hide money. But aren't they the obvious places someone <laughs> would look? But, I mean, there is an element of risk mm. in investing in a property development mm. as opposed to, like, investing in something that's already established. So uh, there's a difference between investing in, let's say, a shopping centre compared to investing in a development to develop a shopping centre. Because the shopping centre doesn't yet exist, therefore right. the, the development is a high level of risk. But because it's a high level of risk, you get a higher return. I mean, that's mm. how investments mm, mm, work. Mm, but mm. I'm just saying if somebody is a very low uh, level of risk uh, and, they, and they're sort of nervous about it, that could be partially because they don't really understand what they're investing in, mm. which is really important that you do. But it also could be they're, they're just really risk adverse, in which case they're probably not the right person to invest. Mm. I'll leave that to somebody else. So, Bob, how do people find deals? Uh, from, from the investor's point of view, mm. um, 
Oh, so how does an investor find people to? Yeah. Oh, we get asked that all the time on our live podcast. We do a podcast if, um, on our live Q and A's oh, on a Wednesday. That's a night. subject for another day. How does oh. a developer find investors? All the time. Yeah, this podcast is more, I guess, looking at it from, from the investor's perspective. So, yeah. how does an investor find projects? Mm. And that's a good question because it's all it's all very well getting excited about this, but if you can't find one, you can't mm. invest. And uh, I think first of all, definitely download the ebook. Mm. Uh, just to read through so you understand um, just what it all means. Yeah, and you'll have to get your email address to us to do it, but you can unsubscribe if you don't want to receive anything else. That's no big deal. But it's really worth – it's only a – it's like a really easy read. Oh, it's an easy read. It's just a 15 page. I wrote thing. it because lots of people uh, invest in property developments or want to, but they they often – they don't ask the right questions. They don't understand what they're getting into. Mm. And sadly, some people come unstuck. Some people get into the wrong uh, developments with the wrong people for the wrong reasons mm. and end up sometimes getting into trouble and losing their money. Yeah. Uh, hence, that's why I wrote it, uh, that ebook. And so, like I said before, if you're going to invest in something, it's good to understand what mm. it is you're investing in, how to go about it. So where would they find them, Bob? Well, how do you find it? Well, if you're coming from the outside as an investor, probably want uh, look at uh, communities mm. who where there might be developers. I mean, that's an obvious one. For instance, we have uh, communities ourselves. Mm. Uh, we have people who do our course. In fact, uh, I'll say this much, and, and this is, I wasn't even planning to say this, but and it sounds like it's a pitch to sell one of our courses, but it's not. I think it's critically important when you invest to understand what you're investing in mm. and because you, you're directly investing. Mm. You know, this is not buying shares through a broker who's recommended a particular stock. This mm. is investing with a developer. Yes. Uh, there's no sort of expert broker in the middle sort of going through everything. You can get documents checked by lawyers, but it's different. I think that you should invest in yourself and get a decent understanding about property development. Mm. Read the ebook, which is great, but, mm. but understand property development. And I've had, uh, I've had people do that. I had somebody join my mentoring program once and their sole purpose was not even to do a project or to learn them. They said, look, we got $5 million. We want to invest in different projects. But because that's so important to us, we don't just want to do a course. We want to do your mentoring program. And, and they did, and they did invest. Mm. Uh, and... And, like, these were very successful people. They mm. had five, six, eight million dollars in cash at, at one time. Very successful business people. And the reason they were successful is they're not stupid. Yeah. And, the, and that proved to me they were prepared to invest that amount of money to understand what they were investing mm. in as well. Mm. And really, it was a drop in the bucket compared to the money they made as an investor. But that's smart anyway. I suppose, you know, can I, can I just add to that question, Bob? Like you're saying someone with $5 million and they had $8 million, you know, they had a lot of money. What would be an amount you sort of would need to? Well, depending on, obviously, as an investor, the, the size of the project and when you're entering it. Like you mentioned before about one you invested in, um, it was towards the end of the project mm. where the developer had uh, had a lot of cost overruns, different things happened, and he needed that extra bit of money. Yeah. I can't remember. It might have been a couple of hundred thousand, you No, it was under that one, I think. might have been less, uh, maybe 150, 120, whatever it was anyway. Uh, that's a, like, if it's that sort of situation, it might just be that. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, I'm thinking of somebody else once who was in our mentoring program. They, they're in the same position. They got towards the end, needed a hundred. Mm-hmm. They let me know. I, I just made one phone call to somebody I knew and, and placed the hundred thousand like within five minutes. So somebody but has, that's a small amount of money. Yeah, would that be the smallest amount really? Yeah, People for that don't. sort of circumstance. Yeah. you know, it's at the end of a project. They don't need a lot of money. I'm just thinking for people, if you're listening to this and you think, well, how much money would I need to invest? Mm. Like, what would be the least amount somebody would yeah. need? Or, I mean, it could be even what you, what you call an indirect investment in a way, like the retirement village at the moment that I'm doing where I'm raising capital. Mm. And that's a minimum of $100,000 mm. investment, you know. But that's not an equity position. It's a loan position yeah. where you get an interest rate return and all that sort of stuff. So, so. It depends on the you know the model mm. that's involved. It depends on the size of the project you invest in. It depends on when you come into the project. If you're coming in as a joint venture partner where you're supplying all the equity and you're in their boots and all, mm. I suppose you could say, well, probably the smallest project you're likely to do is a two-lot subdivision or a splitter. Mm. And that will depend where it is. But that might require like probably 200000 250000 to be in that equity position. Mm. Uh, but then, as I said... Uh, if as a loan partner, it could be coming in at the end of the project. Uh, it could be where you where you're investing, uh, just in terms of shares, uh, and you know, minimum investment might be fifty or a hundred thousand. Slightly different. Like you know, I also had another call about ten days ago, and, and they, you get a lot of calls. I do. Though. I do get a lot of people calls. Of people who have money and and they want to place it somewhere, or do I know? Do we know of someone, or can we be in it? Can we put them in a deal, or you know something? But anyway, he said he had two hundred and fifty thousand, and you said that that's quite a difficult amount because it's almost like three hundred if you want to be like a joint venture partner. You need around there. Yeah, yeah. it's sort of like at the time we we're looking at. Well, if, if in a couple of projects we were looking because at. Because they wanted joint ventures. They wanted were, to be on the loan. or yeah. yeah, so coming in at the beginning, supplying yep. the equity. And the question is, well, what sort of a project could you do with 300000 in equity? They had 250000 Or 250000 yeah. even. You know, it's quite limited. Yeah. It would be something like a two-lot subdivision or a splitter in, in certain areas, mm. you know, not, not, not obviously expensive areas. Uh, so that's the sort of mm. what you get for that, you know. But back to what you asked before about... Um, you know, how do you find deals when you're on the outside? Oh, crikey, that was ages ago. Yes. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> uh, but uh, like, like joining a community mm. uh, where there are other developers and even even doing a course, which I think is really smart, mm. uh, but you're also going to meet a lot of uh, people and a lot of developers. Mm. Uh, I talked about that particular person that had lots of money that, that mm. did it you know, purely to educate themselves. But also in doing so, they got to mix with other people mm. and uh, like, uh, and and met people through the community and uh, and they fully understood what they were getting in for as a result did well you know so yeah um, Facebook uh, once again within a community I think within where, where, wherever property developers gather uh, but also like you've got to watch what oh yes yeah, that's another subject for another day <laughs> I guess is qualifying well qualifying yeah how to pick a good investment deal from a not so good one mm. all the sort of questions that you need to ask mm. i think that would be a good podcast uh, you know the the questions that you need to ask before you invest in a property development mm. and because uh, a lot of people don't ask the questions they don't ask any uh, they don't ask the right ones and that's important too yeah oh bob i think that's that's been really good info how to invest in a property development there's a lot of 
lot of scenarios there I think we've given and uh, mm. I hope that was really useful and you might uh, like to share this with someone you think oh you've got money maybe you need to listen to this maybe you could do something better with your money if it's in the bank mm. would you agree oh, I think it's not hard to do better than what the bank gives you at the <laughs> no it's not hard at all so this episode's coming out just before the end of the year just before new year it is just before Tremendous. new year so oh, what a way to start off the new year listening to this podcast Oh, yeah. Getting yourself set up to invest in a property development. Absolutely. Happy New New Year if you listen to it prior. We hope you have a good, happy, safe one. Yep. And we will catch you in 2022. Oh, my goodness, I got goosebumps saying that. (laughs) See you next year, guys. Yeah, see you next year. Bye. Bye.